Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network, live here on W2Mnet.com, amongst other places, which we will discuss later. As a matter of fact, you can even check us out on GetAmazonMusic.com backslash W2M Network. How's that for a plug, Eric? Look at you already sneaking things in. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst, the voice of reason, allegedly, around these parts. The voice you just heard is that of one of the co-hosts and the other down since day one member of the podcast. He is the anchor man, Eric Watkins. Oh, fuck staying classy, because after the day I had, I wish I had a went ahead and smoked today instead of yesterday. The other man joining us for this podcast is the unprofessional Jason Teasley. I'm here, so I just don't get fined. Well, I would recommend not getting fined. We're a bunch of poor bitches on the show. Although, apparently, we might be becoming an LLC soon, so that's kind of cool. That's still in the works. I have to convince a few people who have to convince a few other people. Stay tuned. Tax write-offs, and they feel so good. Anything else important going on this weekend? I mean, it's Valentine's Day, if you're into that kind of thing. Valentine's Day, Daytona 500. (laughs) Daytona 16 laps. Is it active again? Like, did they actually start up again at 9.30 like they were planning on? Fuck if I know. I didn't even know that it was delayed to begin with. I've been binge-watching a particular YouTube series. It was Vengeance Day over on the wrestling side of things, Jason. Favorite match tonight? Real quick. Uh, Favorite match was... I'm going to have to say the... uh, No, I'm going to have to say the... um, Honestly, the Balor... Done match. I think I'm going to go with GYV versus MSK, but that's because I'm a sucker for tag team wrestling. That's a that's a close second. Those those four guys killed it tonight, and shout out to the winners of that match. Redacted, so you don't get spoiled. <laughs> well, I was going to say the bleep button should still be working if you wanted to do that. It's okay. We will, however, begin this football show with our conversation about the Superb Owl version 55. Do I still have to call it that on the show, or can I actually call it by what it is? I mean, we're a small enough show, and Goodell has got other things on his mind right now, so I think we can let it slide. The Superb Owl it is. I will be putting Superb Owl in the show description, though, just to be safe. Super Bowl 55 is behind us. Your 2020 NFL champions are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if if anybody can tell me where they can get their hands on that avocado tequila, please tweet me at Squid Sportshead with the nearest (laughs) retailer so I may purchase some. Please and thank you. 
You should have to have somebody help you stand up like Tom Brady did. Good Lord, that dude was hammered. And he could still complete a pass with a trophy. So what does that tell you? He's getting sued for that, too. Yeah, probably shouldn't be throwing the Lombardi around like that. Hey, 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 sometimes there are sacred traditions. I mean, look at what happened to the Stanley Cup that wound up in a f- dented in a frozen river back in the 1920s? Might have been the 30s. I feel like that's a result of every hockey player getting a turn with the cup. Some of those guys just do not have the intelligence necessary to take care of Lord Stanley. Regardless, back to the game. It's kind of Brady Stanley Cup's. The Stanley Cup's kind of like the chair's mom. Everybody gets a turn. <laughs> Brady, Brady goes 21 of 29 for 201 yards, three touchdown passes with no interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 125.8. He also carries the ball four times for negative two yards. He does fumble, but he does recover. Patrick Mahomes gets in height. Goes 26 out of 49 for 270 with no touchdown passes and two interceptions. There are two major things to cover with this game. Eric, are you ready hey, for don't rush Are you ready don't for a squid bit of my own? Wait, what's well, well, with the whole don't rush thing? What's, what's going on? It's Kansas City. They can't handle a rush. Um, we'll talk more about the Swiss cheese Kansas City offensive line in a second. Eric, can I step on your gimmick a little bit here? I'll allow it this one time. I'll allow it. Did you know Super Bowl 55 is the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career that he did not have a touchdown in a, in a, in a game going all the way back to his time in high school? Oh, I can actually do you one better than that. Not only was his this first time without a touchdown since high school, this is the first time he's lost by more than one possession since his time at Texas Tech. Hmm. Uh, just so you let let you know, his time at Texas Tech there was one team he never beat. Care to inform us of what that team was? WVU. Mm-hmm. I heard it was the Hootows. No, the Hootows. The Hootows was they. They had not been uh, formed yet. They were still uh, in their infancy of getting DM rights and accepted into the league. Eric, I'm about to break your heart. How bad? The leading rusher for this game, former Jacksonville Jaguar, Leonard Fournette. 16 carries for 89 yards, averaging five and a half a carry. Uh, one touchdown rushing. He also caught four he also caught four passes on four targets for 46 yards. You know what? At this point, I can't even be mad. I'm just glad that everybody remembers that he's one of us. And this now just adds to the laundry list of Jags who have won rings elsewhere. Ronald Jones carries the ball 12 times for 61 yards. Does not have a catch on one target. The leading receiver in this game was Travis Kelsey, which yours truly predicted. 
at 10 catches for 133 yards off of 15 targets. To be fair, it looked like Kelsey was the only receiver that Mahomes gave a damn about for most of this game. Well, when you have a big guy who's not getting peace signs put in front of his face, of course he's going to actually catch the ball. Uh, we'll talk about some of the penalties from this game a little bit later on because the irony of Kansas City fans bitching about calls during a game is fucking hilarious to me after what happened to the Browns in the conference semifinals on Divisional Weekend. I'm sorry, did you legitimately just call that the conference semifinals? I did. I did. I forgot what they were called for a second, and then I remembered it was divisional weekend. I'm about to say, this isn't like hockey or the NBA or anything like that. It is to me, damn it. <laughs> um, Long-noted head case on the show, Antonio Brown also had a touchdown catch, Jason. So it turns out... If you're Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown, the best thing for your mental stability was to get the fuck out of Pittsburgh. Uh, just just for a a small squid bid. At the time of the Super Bowl last year, Tom Brady was a free agent. Rob Gronkowski was in the WWE. Antonio Brown was in jail. And Fournette was uh, cut by the Jacks. And they all scored a a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Bastards. Technically, Gronkowski had two. Yeah, I mean, I'm just... I'll have at least one touchdown. Better. All right, Eric, let's talk about the the actual turning point in this game. And if you ask me, I think it was the opening quarter when... Eric Fisher not being in this game came to a massive head just to start the game there because Kansas City's offensive line was held together by duct tape and super glue, and it looked like the super glue had faded. I mean, in a sense that you could say that, but even going into the second quarter, lest we forget, it was still a 7-3 to game. So the beginnings of Mahomes scrambling around really hadn't taken effect by that's really when a point to where the Bucks had gotten up by those multiple possessions and really could just start controlling the game. And the fact that early on they said, hey, we're not going to abandon the run. Yes, you're going to have to focus on Ronald Jones early, then turning to Fournette. I mean, that was just when really was done. I think to me, the main thing that sealed it was, of course, Fournette's touchdown. I would argue that the game was sealed when Antonio Brown scored with six seconds left in the first half to put Tampa Bay up 15. Kansas City looked shook in that first half, Jason. They did. I mean, they came out and got punched right in the mouth. And once once they got hit, it's the old adage. Everybody talks shit until they get punched in the face. Uh, and then, you know, Mike Tyson was right when he said that. Uh, and everybody was talking how great Kansas City was. And Tampa Bay just come down and drilled him straight in the mouth and never let up. Uh, that was the scariest thing 
that I thought was going to happen is Kansas City would get um, comfortable and Mahomes would have a chance to lead a cut, some sort of comeback. Um, didn't happen. I mean that they they game plan for for the Chiefs. Uh, they had great tape on them from their first meeting. Uh, fuck Robert Taylor, uh, and they um they had. A, like I said, I mean, they just come out, hit Kansas City square in the mouth and was relentless there, there on out. They didn't. They was more ball controlled. And when you take a team like Kansas City and they don't get the ball and you keep pressure on them with their offensive line woes, you're going to win a game. If only somebody kept mentioning every chance that he got throughout all social media, that he picked Tampa Bay because this was a rematch and that Kansas City had won earlier in the season. I took Tampa Bay, too. I know I know you took Tampa Bay, but this is also a reason that someone else on the show should join me in getting certain other social media apps. Just saying. Okay. One... There is not enough money in the world to have convinced me to pick Tom Brady to win this game. Sorry, I'm still a Bills fan at heart. I will not root for that cheating son of a bitch. Two, let it go. It's not happening. Well, I mean, I figured I'd had to liven something up for you because weren't you the one who was rooting for commercials in the halftime show? And how did those turn out? Actually, it's funny that you mentioned that I ended up not even staying for the halftime show. I had a package get delivered during the first half of the game. And if you guys recall what happened earlier in the year when I had a package delivered, I made a conscientious decision to come back to my apartment and pick up said package instead. A very wise choice in this case. I, uh, I heard yeah, it kind of sucked. Jock straps on their faces and... It, the reincarnation of a of what it looks like of a parent with a a toddler steals their phone and opens up the picture app a week later. Hold on, drop straps on their faces. So you're saying Aldo Montoya was there? Yes. Uh, no, I mean literally, literally the the dancers uh, look like they had jock straps on their face. Yeah, if, any, if anybody paid attention to the award show where The weekend came out all bandaged up as part of a gimmick, yeah, the dancers had that same bandage gimmick. Eric, I'm going to send you on a search. I'm going to send you on a searching mission real quick here because I seem to remember you having a super stat that you mentioned while we were watching the game that I wanted you to share on the show. Okay, is this the squid bit that I had specifically mentioned after the result of the game? Potentially. I, I know you said that there was one that you wanted for me to remind you to share on the show. So here is your opportunity. The floor is yours. All right. With this win, not only does Tom Brady have more Super Bowl rings than any other in any franchise in NFL history, he improved his record in the Super Bowl 
to seven and three. There is only one other quarterback in the history of the NFL and even earlier predecessors and rivals that has a seven and three record in the championship games. Cleveland Browns Hall of Fame quarterback and my personal pick for when we did the greatest of all teams, Otto Graham. All right, I got I got one for you. I feel like seven, seven and three. Seven and three. What's seven, that winning percentage? Seventy. Seven hundred. Okay. Well, Seventy technically. Seventy point zero. So, Steph Curry is probably the best three point shooter in the NBA right now, roughly. Tom Brady has went to and won more Super Bowls. It is in his career. He has a better chance of winning the Super Bowls than Steph Curry has hitting a three point shot. Okay, that's counting Super Bowls made, not necessarily Super Bowls in, because Brady's been playing since 2000 and what, five, six? Actually, now hang on, because I remember seeing this statistic. If you look at Tom Brady's entire 21-year career, he has appeared in 10 Super Bowls. So Jason is correct. Since he was drafted, you have a higher probability of Tom Brady appearing in a Super Bowl than Steph Curry making a three-pointer at any time. Yeah, I believe Curry's like a 42% career three-point shooter. 43.4. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was somewhere around that number. I'm not a huge How insane is, is that stat? I'm not either, but I mean, it's well, here's the insane thing. is that stat. When you're putting that guy on super teams like this one was... But in New England, he didn't have a super team. Okay, but in New England, he had a coach that knew how to cheat and get away with it. Okay, and whoa, 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 whoa. I actually had this argument with Mama Watkins because she was saying this exact same thing with Brady and all of his rings. I looked her in the eye and said, okay, taking everything to consideration, which I do concede, how many Super Bowls of his would be legitimate and how many appearances she she was even saying like five wins in seven appearances which would still be one of the top of the pops no five wins is not legit at all i would argue maybe three of them are legit well i know two of them he didn't get versus the giants I would argue that three of them are legit because two of them are has, two of them are connected to Spygate, and then another one is connected to Deflategate, and a third, a second is connected to Deflategate by proxy. I got a question. I'm thinking of this, Eric. You you might need to look this up for me. Tom Brady is winless against the NFC East in the Super Bowl. Is he not? Yes. Didn't they? I thought they beat Philadelphia one year. No, I yes, he's right, because the Philadelphia Super Bowl was here in Jacksonville. So he is one and three. I was going to say, I thought he beat Philly in one of the games. I was thinking, for some reason I was thinking that he, he really beat him. 
No, t- two losses to the Giants and one other loss to the Eagles, yes. But I do believe that they beat Philadelphia in one of the games as well. Super Bowl okay. 39 here in Jacksonville. Donovan McNabb, for the second time of his career, came to play the a game in Jacksonville time. and puked on the field in between snaps. I remember that game very fondly. Okay, because I was trying to think of all the teams that he's played in the Super Bowl. Well, it's, I'm sure there's a Wikipedia list for it if you're interested. Yeah, I'm looking for it. All right, while well, he looks for that there. Um, any other thoughts from, from last Sunday's game, Eric? Giants twice, Rams, Eagles twice, Panthers, Rams, Panthers Chiefs. Rams, Panthers, Eagles, Giants, Giants. Seahawks twice. Seattle. Atlanta. Philly. Rams. And now Chiefs. All the teams they played in the Super Bowl. That's impressive. I'm sorry. That is impressive. For a sixth round quarterback. Drafted 199 overall, and in the three instances where he's played a team going for either back-to-back Super Bowls or two wins in three years, he's 3-0. and to, And to cement my thought as far as closing thoughts on the game, whenever Eric Fisher is due for a contract, dude needs to get paid. I would argue that the thing that Kansas City needs to focus on the most this offseason has to be that offensive line and and not only Fisher, but getting some extra protection on that offensive line and at the very least some depth. Because they can't be having a situation like this come up again. There's too much talent offensively for that team to struggle as much as they did this past Sunday. (sighs) Agreed. Tom Brady's make it unanimous. Tom Brady lost his first Super Bowl win the year I joined the kickoff. That was the Philadelphia, the last Philadelphia game. Is when I debuted on the kickoff. All right. So overall playoff wrap up here, Jason. What team impressed you the most throughout this postseason? Uh, Buffalo, I mean, I I think that Buffalo has a bright future. I think they are one one piece away from from being taking that next step. I think if they get um something uh and and if the rumors are true, it's it's going to be a good fit of a recently released uh, player has been um, dropping Buffalo hints um, that anchor that defense. I think Buffalo's one defensive spot away from from taking that next step. I mean, they my showed that. Is, just real Go quick, ahead. my problem with that is, is I don't think it's a lineman that we need. I think it's a linebacker that we need something to sure up the uh, next, the second level off of the rushing attack. He plays. Uh, he can move. He can play that outside linebacker position if he goes to Buffalo. He's played it before in the past. 
But I mean, the draft is is pretty solid in that position as well. Like I said, I think, and, and I think the the thing that Buffalo is going to need offensively, I think they need a more consistent wide receiver too. Uh, nobody spectacular. I think uh, I disagree. A more athletic. I think uh, you can't keep Brown healthy. Beasley is not going to. Beasley is Wells Welker 2.0. He's a possession receiver, but he's not going to beat you. I, I think disagree. if they get a legit. I disagree. I think I think Cole Beasley can beat you. Look what he did in that game against Dallas on Thanksgiving night. On Thanksgiving night, a couple of years back, what was it 2019? I think. Yeah, but this is you're going into the 2021 2022 season. I mean, I could say that you know one game doesn't define someone. If that was the case, um, you know. Uh, David Tyree would still be in the NFL. I would argue that I would argue that Cole Beasley is a perfectly acceptable wide receiver too. He's a, he's a solid slot. Ideally, I a... would I like another big name receiver in order to take some of the onus off of Stephon Diggs? Of course, but I think the defense has much larger holes than the offense did, especially with the way the offense was playing towards the end of the season. That's what I said. They don't need a superstar. They need a a legit solid wide receiver too. Do you think picking so late in the first round, Buffalo might lean that direction with one of the speedy receivers coming out of college? No, I mean, I mean, I think they're going to go linebacker. Uh, I think it's guys a good linebacker class. It's the linebacker class that is that is pretty solid. So. Uh, I think that they have to go linebacker, um, but you do have you have some good defense. I mean, good uh, wide receivers out there that you can stag in the second round. So I think that that's that's the route that's going to happen. I think they're going to go for that defensive linebacker position or a hybrid, uh, and then they'll go wide receiver um, second round because. Like I said, I mean, if Brown can stay healthy and, you know, and you move Beasley to the slot where he can just be that possession receiver that just you, is just dependable that can move the change, but can step up and, you know, extend the field a little bit when needed, not on a consistent basis, but as a, as needed ba- basis, I think that that's, that is his role. And, that's the niche uh, that he's carved out that would fit that offense well. Did Eric have to step away, or are you still there? Because if Eric stepped away, then I'll go ahead and go next while we wait for him to come back. Yeah, I think, I'm back. I think Eric stepped away. Okay. All right, Eric. Uh, who do you think was the most surprising team of this postseason? I'm not going to lie. My most surprising team were the Browns because I consistently thought you this year – well, let me explain. The reason why the Bills didn't impress me this most, or the most, is because I knew that they were capable of this and that all they needed to do was take another big step, which, as I expected, they did. Everything was set up for them. 
But the reason why the Browns impressed me the most is because when you're set up to really overachieve just to get to the playoffs, given their regular season, I honestly was leaning towards them maybe being one and done. Certainly they weren't. A couple things go a different way. They themselves end up in the AFC Championship game. Plus, I think they're more prime for a much bigger drop-off than the Bills. If I had to pick one of those two teams to really make a run and put down some coin on Bovada on for next season, yeah, it's Buffalo all the way. So, yes, the Browns shot their shot, and they hit a couple buckets. In case you're wondering what the son of a bitch was for, Eric, it's because my pick was the Cleveland Browns. A Cleveland team that, let's be honest, kind of lucked their way into the postseason with Miami's loss. And Cleveland has Buffalo to thank for that because the Bills didn't really have a whole lot to play for on the final Sunday of the regular season other than that they could keep the Dolphins out of the playoffs. 56 to 26 later, the Miami Dolphins were not going to the playoffs. Cleveland also played a Pittsburgh team with nothing to game that sat a lot of their starters, but not all of their starters and claimed that that's the only reason that Cleveland beat them. And then Cleveland proceeded to go into Pittsburgh the following week and beat the brakes off of the Steelers, aided, of course, by that early 28-0 lead they had out of the first quarter. Beat them so bad, forced a guy into retirement. The Browns then hung tight with the Chiefs, granted injuries to Kansas City, specifically Mahomes in the course of this game, affected the outcome of that game and the fact that it was as close as it was. But we had talked about it on the show, and we will talk about it again during the offseason. The dirty hit by the Sorensen from Kansas City that caused the fumble for the touchback, that's another rule we can debate in the offseason as much as you guys want to that caused the touchback by the wide receiver for Cleveland. I think it was Landry who coughed it up. I don't remember specifically. No, it was uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, it was, uh, I was just about to say it was DPJ who was on that one and the whole hit with Dirty Dan Sorensen. Um, that hit doesn't happen or that hit gets called properly the way it should have been. Kansas City may have not even been in the Super Bowl to take on Tampa Bay because they may have gotten knocked out by Cleveland. I know it's a massive what-if game to play, but these Browns prove that they are a legitimate threat with a young team that's getting better, and I think the most important move for Cleveland this offseason, and it surprises me to say this because Jason will attest at one point he was the best wide receiver in the league, get rid of Odell Beckham Jr., That team's offense opened up so much more thoroughly once Beckham got hurt. I don't wish injury on anyone, but it was a blessing in disguise for Cleveland when OBJ went down. Not just the fact that it opened up so much more, they were able to really adjust to being what benefited them the most, and that's a power-run team. Jarvis Landry, the other wide receivers, and your tight ends bought into that very quickly, because they were still able to get their production with less pressure on Baker Mayfield. With OBJ trying to convince him to go to a power run team, that would have been chaos. So, in a losing one thing, they gained so much more. Jason, what team was the biggest disappointment in the postseason this year? 
The biggest disappointment. Oh, well. I'm going to have to say Green Bay. I mean, they had all the momentum in their favor and just didn't perform. I mean, I thought they was far better team and they should have been in the Super Bowl. I just think that they fell flat. Uh, I think their egos caught up to them. They looked past the game and they fell flat. Eric? I'm honestly going to have to go on the other side of the coin and say Pittsburgh because even though they did limp towards the finish line getting into the playoffs, I thought that with their personnel, they were still set up to, if not make a Super Bowl run, at least make some sort of noise. And they were the ones on the other side of the Browns and just crashing out. And now they're staring down the barrel of a lot of questions going into the offseason, which they could have at least kicked the can another year. But alas, here we are. Yeah, we'll talk about the news desk for that specifically next week when we do our season wrap-up with our year-end awards and everything. And we have a massive news desk fallout with all of the coaching changes and everything to go over, which reminds me, Eric, make sure we discuss the coaching hires next week. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, oh, yeah. One, spe- one specific coaching hire that Eric has to talk about, but we'll get to that when it happens. Anyway, I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. And the fact that they laid an absolute egg as a home team against the Los Angeles Rams on the second game of Wild Card Saturday. Um, the issue is is there is so much talent in Seattle and it shows up during the regular season, but the team is horrendously inconsistent when it comes to the postseason. Every other year or so they go to the Super Bowl, but on those down years, they're lucky to make it out of the first weekend of games. And this is another example of them losing a game in the postseason that they should not have lost. Well, I'm actually going to counter that a little bit. Because you saw signs of Seattle's weaknesses in the regular season. The losing games or being in competitive games that really shouldn't have. The only difference is, A, you've got a division rival who at that point it's all them a third time. And B, all of these things that even Russell Wilson was crying out, they have not fixed for a very long time. In the regular season... When you have O-line issues, you can paper up the cracks a little bit here and there. Come up with some different schemes. Teams don't have as often to plan for you. You can get by. But when it comes to the playoffs, and we saw that multiple times throughout this postseason, if you don't have your base protection together, so that way you can create something, let alone something consistent, all teams are just going to air through. See, we lost Harry. Uh, He's muted. All right, and we will be right back in a couple of moments. 
This brief break in the action has been brought to you by Amazon Music. Go to getamazonmusic.com backslash W2M Network to hear all of the latest podcasts from the W2M Network on your Alexa-enabled devices. How's that? I'm telling you, we're going to have this shit down pat. Imagine when we pre-record everything and it can go back to how it was back in the old days. The one benefit from the era of the chair. I almost feel like that wasn't half bad in and of itself there. No, it wasn't, especially for a live ad read. But we all knew you had chops. My wrestling announcing finally coming in handy here on the kickoff. All right. Um, one other thing that I wanted to discuss from this postseason here. Jason, I want an early 2021 prediction. Are you ready? Okay. What team that did not make the playoffs this year will next year? Giants. I knew you were going to say that. Especially that if a- the draft, uh, especially if the draft goes how everybody's predicting it, I I definitely feel the Giants. Uh, with either That's one a legit of the predictions, not a homer pick. Yeah, I mean, with the with the two predictions that is. Is falling to the Giants right now. I mean, um, one uh, would be reuniting two uh, Penn State players. The other one is probably one of the best wide receivers in the draft. Um, I mean, is the, Penn, is the Penn State player in question Micah Parsons? Yes, it is. Damn good linebacker. Or Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. Yes, that's the two predictions currently. I think the, the biggest, I think the biggest thing for you guys is, uh, and we'll talk here about your season in a, in a moment here in Requiem for a season. I think the biggest thing for you guys next year is going to be, is Saquon ready? Will he have a preseason to knock off some of the rust from not playing much this year? Yes, because um, there's a... Uh, a something that I'm going to bring up on the news desk uh, that I'll put for Eric to bring up. I'm going to bring to the news desk next week uh, about an approval. Holy uh, shit, he's doing going, actual homework. This is scary. Uh, about the about uh, an approval and uh, something that is currently getting discussed and going to possibly be implemented. So, you know. Hey, I do, I do, I do research every now and then. You're not. not wait, wait a minute. Your main model is you don't even know what goes on half the time during the show, and you do as little research as possible. I'm in Harry's camp. We call you the unprofessional for a damn reason. Yes. Well, Quit stepping up. How dare you? <laughs> well, so, sometimes you just got to keep people on their toes. They expect one thing. You got to zig when they expect you to zag. I'm... The only thing about Jason Teasley for sure is that nothing's for sure. Exactly. I'm unpredictable. I'm a loose cannon. Mm, just, don't make Bobby, just don't make Bobby Heenan say fuck on a clash of champions and we'll be okay. <laughs> I got that reference. All right, Eric. Same question to you. What team that didn't make the postseason this year is most likely to make it next year? Dolphins. Easily the Dolphins. Be it 
with Tua actually stepping up at quarterback or if they peruse the quarterback market because I think that was the primary piece. The defense is mostly going to stay intact, which was great. They really balled out and committing a turnover in every single game. Wide receivers are solid. You just have to find the right guy to get it to them. And with the division remaining where it is, I think they're going to be right there, if not right behind the Bills, nipping at their heels, then close enough to lock in another potential wildcard spot. Same division, different team, Eric. I think the evil empire has been awoken by what happened this year. Boo! And I don't think that Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick are going to take this year's six and ten record lying down. I thought they were seven and nine. Doesn't matter. They were still under five hundred. Fuck them. Fair My point. point being is there are rumors and swirlings that Robert Kraft is going to open the checkbook for a first time in a long time in New England, and they will be a major player in the free agency market this year. And my bold prediction, okay, somewhat bold, it is New England after all, is the Patriots at the very least will have a wild card spot in next year's campaign. Well, I mean, if he decides not to take trips to Florida and go to certain places, he can save money to actually spend on players. You you want me to make a bold prediction about the Patriots? Go ahead. This will be the first time that the Patriots open with a new head coach. I don't think Belichick leaves yet. I think he's going to get the bad taste of the season out of his mouth before he leaves. Uh, I have a feeling. I, I have a feeling what the prediction you made goes hand-in-hand hand with mine. I think that, yeah, they're going to open up the, the checkbook, but I think that it's going to cause a rift uh, even further between Belichick and Kraft, and Belichick will step down because he will not have the say-so that he wants to have in personnel. It's an interesting theory. It'll be fun to see how it plays out in Foxborough this year. Especially if this just flat out pushes Belichick into retirement. Because, let's face it, either he goes completely or he would just take the 2021 season off and then reemerge elsewhere as a head coach in 2022. Now, my thing is the kind of a secondary pick with this one. Do they go with what they really wanted to do early on and the kind of a quasi-head coach in waiting with Josh Daniels if this happens? I don't think yes, there's any I question mean, Daniels takes over in New England once Belichick is gone. Jason? Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely what's going to happen. I mean... There was a reason why McDaniels didn't take the Colts job or any other job that has been offered to him or that's won the interview for him, and he's turned down. Um, I think they there's a stipulation that is in his contract once Belichick steps down that that job is his to take over. Uh, but the only problem with that is you have to 
interview other people before they give him the job, uh, which I think is going to cause a, a big rift across the league. Can I throw in another bold prediction for next year with regards to the Patriots? What's that? The 2021 starting quarterback in New England will be Jimmy Garoppolo. It, that I, I will take that bet uh, that you're wrong because it's already come out uh, unless Deshaun Watson is landed by the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo has already been named the incumbent starter next year. I'm just saying I would not be surprised to see New England make moves in order to try to get Garoppolo back. Especially with Garoppolo's history in San Francisco and the fact that even with his performances, not entirely on the best of terms with Kyle Shanahan. So I don't think that prediction is entirely that old. All right, Eric. We started this we started this segment two years ago. We continued it last year. It makes its return once again this year. The three of us actually know what this means. The other person on the show last year did not. It's time for Requiem for a season. Mr. Watkins, the floor is yours. We were horseshit. I was pissed off. We didn't have the guys. Lamping is still here, so I'm still pissed off. Even with Urban Meyer, that's already starting to fuck up. Forgive me if my uh, pessimism bordering on fatalism still kind of seeps in going forward. These are just back in the days, 1 in 15. Really, what else do you want me to say? Yay, we won the first pick in the draft, but what else? And, Lord, there's some potential for some good times ahead, but with everything going on and what I'm hearing from ownership, I'm looking more towards a lot of dark times in alternate football leagues. Okay, did you guys win the number one draft pick, or did the Jets cost themselves the number one draft pick? Their loss was our game, Pyrrhic victories, blah, blah, blah. Eric's anti-depression medication is brought to you by Zoloft. Look, I'm not going to be running around like a little black and white pill, happy and bouncing all over the place. And like I said, I smoked all my weed yesterday, so this is what you're getting. There was an ebony and ivory joke right there, and I decided not to take it. There's a a part of me that still misses those commercials, though. They were very funny. I got nothing. Jason's not touching this one either. Um, Realistically speaking, is there anything that you are looking forward to about the 2021 season, Eric? Basically seeing if Urban Meyer lives up to the beginnings of the hype and can go ahead and survive an entire 16-game season without any heart or brain issues and seeing how he can handle losing. Plus seeing if Trevor Lawrence actually increases the bar set by Blaine Gabbert. 
who also happens to have a Super Bowl ring now. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, like, that last line was the final nail in Eric's coffin. You know, if other things going on in my personal life could have happened at any point within the last, oh, 14 months, this wouldn't have been too much of a big blow, but, mm-mm, no. Dark times in the realm of the squid. I feel like there's a rant forthcoming here, so let's just get to it. Jason, it is the requiem for a season for the 6-10 and 10 New York football giants. I mean, there's no rant. I mean, we just got to stay healthy, get Saquon back, get a legit wide receiver one, and anchor the defense. I mean, our defense uh, was was mediocre middle of the road. I think we need someone to anchor that defense that we can build around. Um, and we need to get uh, a legit wide receiver one. Stay healthy. If you get Saquon healthy, that team with a legit wide receiver one on the offensive side of the ball is going to make some noise. But <clears throat> you're going to need to shore up that defense above all else, which I think will – that can't happen um, if there's a uh, draft. Uh, like I said, I mean, either way that both mock predictions play out, I- I'd be happy with. Either we're going to get that premier wide receiver or we're going to get that, that cog on the defensive side that we can build around years to come. All right, so two-part question here without bringing up too many bad memories. Okay. Is the is the Philadelphia situation water under the bridge now that the coach Patterson has been fired? No. Philadelphia is still a bunch of uh, shithole uh, asshole losers that okay. uh, tainted the tainted the um, sanctity of the game. I don't disagree. I just figured since Patterson got fired, maybe that helped ease the burden a little bit off of off of what you felt that particular week no i mean you still go out i mean you still you still have players that can go out and perform and win games um yes i mean it makes it a lot harder but you know when the plays aren't called to put you in that but uh, i think that when that happened, I think it's a double-edged sword. Uh, I think that the decisions made caused the players not to put their whole heart into the game, thus therefore contributing to throwing the game. And then giving up on Pedersen in the process. Second yeah, comment, uh, this is something I didn't know if you were aware of, but I thought you would enjoy to hear. Would you, are you ready for a little statistical stat from yours truly? Yeah, go ahead. Did you know your week 17 victory over the Dallas Cowboys actually allowed you to finish with a better point differential on the season than Dallas did? Yeah, I mean, we're far better superior team than Dallas. What do you expect? The Giants finished negative 77 on the season. The Cowboys finished negative 78. Uh, and uh, just where I'm going to do a quick plug here. If anybody listening to this, that is a Cowboys fan. Hi, Sean. 
uh, you can always uh, go to the History Channel where you can relive all the uh, Cowboys moments uh, from the past since they haven't been relevant. Fun fact. Fun fact. Tom Brady has more NFC Championship victories than the Dallas Cowboys do in the 2000s. Fun fact. Tom Brady's uh, daughter has held the Tom Brady's kids have held more Super Bowl trophies in their existence than the Dallas Cowboys have in theirs. Well, I mean, when you have a quarterback who only needs one year in the NFC to go to the NFC championship game versus the Cowboys and their litany of quarterbacks who have always been in the NFC, not making it since 1997... It's a pretty low bar to beat. It's freaking garbage. We have to play Tampa Bay next year. I mean, that division should be down in general. Breeze is going. The Falcons sucked. There's no nice way to put it. And Teddy Bridgewater was not the answer in Carolina. No. But Bills fans have had nightmares about Brady for years. The last thing we need is his punk ass coming off of another Super Bowl win. Well, think of it this way. He only gets to torment you for one week rather than 17. Okay, that's fair. Eric, flip the script. So, your Buffalo Bills, you built off a nice season. So now instead of talking about, oh, the playoff appearance streak ending, now you have the winning a playoff game streak or doing without that is also ended. Do you really feel like the team is still on track for where it's going to be and all of the building up now that, as you said yourself, people are talking about the Bills for once? I worry. Because there's an old phrase that complacency breeds contempt. That being stuck in the same place for years allows you to be comfortable in that place. The Bills of my generation of fandom, specifically, the last time Buffalo won a playoff game, I was nine years old. I had not yet I had not yet turned ten. I would turn ten two months later. December twenty second, nineteen ninety four. Wild card weekend and what would be Don Shula's last game. This is a this is a feeling that Bills fans of my generation don't know. What it's like to be the hunted instead of the hunter. Yes, we came up short against Kansas City in the AFC Conference Championship game. Yes, we were thoroughly outplayed by Kansas City for most of that game because of the fact that our defense looked like the Swiss cheese defense that it looked like for the vast majority of the first half of the season and not the dominant force that it was in the second half of the season. Yes, our offensive starters, while they had stepped up, as Jason said, there is still no obvious wide receiver two with the inconsistency of John Smoke Brown and the toughness but invisibility of Cole Beasley. Beasley is a good possession receiver. He can be a wide receiver too, 
but I don't know that he is a second-line wide receiver on a consistent top-tier team. Does that make you feel better about our conversation earlier, Jason? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. I totally agree. I'm willing to give Smoke one more year, and the reason I am willing to do so is because John Brown led the Bills through some down times before Stephon Diggs got here and was a guy that, along with Beasley last year, helped turn the team around. So I am willing to forgive the injury and COVID-plagued season that Smoke had this year and give him an opportunity to prove that he's still WR2 in Buffalo. Do I think the Bills should spend one of their second or third round draft picks on a wide receiver, specifically a speedster? Probably. And the only reason I say I want to get a speedster is, is while I think Diggs can break plays, I think people are going to focus on him going downfield because there's no other viable deep downfield threats on Buffalo. Isaiah McKenzie is a possession receiver as long as well as a kick returner. And Isaiah McKenzie might not be a Buffalo Bill next year after the postseason that he had. There is a lot of talent in a lot of different positions in Buffalo. But the biggest thing I am thankful for from this postseason run, Eric, and you can sympathize to this as well as a Jaguars fan of previous past. Playoff teams are less likely to lose assistant coaches. There was talk of Brian Dable leaving to go to the Los Angeles Chargers to become the new coach for Justin Herbert. There was talk of Leslie Frazier leaving. I don't remember what team he was specifically connected with, but I know there was talk that he was connected to a head coaching job. Eric might actually know this better than I. I would actually have to look that up because I didn't hear too many rumblings about Frazier. Uh, it was mostly in the uh, it was mostly in the second half for the season that Frazier was getting the rumblings when Buffalo won on that nine game winning streak. The deep postseason run that the Bills had kept both Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier in Buffalo for at least one more season under Sean McDermott. Do I think that Brian Dable is going to be an NFL head coach? Yes, and sooner rather than later. Do I think Leslie Frazier is going to get another chance as an NFL head coach? Yes. Maybe not as soon as Dable, but definitely he will be getting another chance even after things ended the way that they did in Minnesota. Do I think that Sean McDermott has the talent as the head coach in order to keep the Bills on track despite losing his coordinators? Yes, but let's be honest. Dable has been the QB whisperer with Josh Allen, and I would hate to see Josh Allen regress to the previous couple of years after the monumental strides that he made in terms of accuracy, in terms of decision-making, and in terms of the significant cut-down in interceptions that Allen threw this year. Josh Allen was your MVP this year, and ain't nobody going to be able to tell me any different. Did not tell your question. It was the Texans. Thank you. Actually, no. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was MVP this year. Disagree. But Allen, Allen meant way more to Buffalo than Rodgers did to Green Bay. 
because Green Bay had a running game. Buffalo, for most of the season, did not. Not to mention, let's face it, Aaron Rodgers played like this because he was on a massive fuck you tour. Josh Allen played like this because the city had faith in Josh Allen. What are my expectations for next year? Hopefully another AFC North championship. Hopefully a return to the AFC championship game. Realistically, a playoff appearance would be acceptable, even if it isn't with an AFC championship. As you mentioned, the Dolphins looked really good this year, except for some bad injuries at some bad times and some rough scheduling. And New England is going to be much improved. The Jets are still going to be everyone's bitch. I, I was about to say, since when did the Bills switch divisions and I didn't know about it? Wait, what? Uh, a few seconds ago, you said an AFC North championship. Oh, the AFC East. My bad. You're right. I did. That's on me. My bad. Good catch. The Bills. <laughs> Damn it, you popped me with that. How dare you? The Bills are going to look to repeat as the AFC East champions. I was looking at the that's the standings. The first one in my eyesight is the North. So it's on me. But again, the Dolphins will be better. The Patriots will be much improved. The Jets are still going to suck. Water wet, grass green, yada, 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 yada. And the talent is there for any of those three teams to win the division next year, I think. And it's going to be. Um... You know how I said complacency breeds contempt? Well, it's time for a different C word to take over in Buffalo, Eric. Competitiveness? Consistency. That works too. We proved we could do it for 13 out of the 16 games this year. Can we do it again next year and prove that we belong to talks that we have? Did you see the um, the ESPN Power Index for 2021 that was released? I did, and not too many arguments with it. Kansas City, number one. Buffalo, number two. Awfully lofty expectations. Can they live up to them? DBTH, man. Don't believe your own hype. Don't believe the hype. Yeah, well, and it's also going to be interesting because I've been sitting here thinking about Jason's potential story for the news desk, and if it's along the lines of what I'm thinking, it's going to be a nice little wrinkle for everybody. Tune in next week to find out what I'm talking about. Hashtag deep tease. Dun dun dun. I had to get my three vote. Oh, yeah, the Eric sound was... effect didn't work this time. Gotta fix that. Okay, yeah, we'll definitely have to work on that for our year end award spectacular. Uh, Jason, where can everybody find you online? Uh. On Twitter at W2M Chairman, uh, I kind of hang out there. Nobody really messages me. 
kind of kind of sad, pathetic life that I lead on Twitter. Yeah, that's about it. I won't tell you to fuck yourself if you message me on that one. Eric, where can people find you online? I think you can find me on Twitter at Squid Sportshead. I've lived up to my promise, and I've been doing a lot more live tweeting as of recent days. But um, stay tuned for further developments on that as well in the coming months. Big things could be changing there, but I'll probably also still be doing some other stuff and... If you're not liking to that, you can find me on Facebook. Look under Eric Watkins. You should know how to find me by now. Guy, recliner, wine, yada, yada. And, of course, if you're looking for a little extra something, follow me on Twitter. Slide into my DMs. Go undergo the proper thorough vetting process, and you'll gain access to my dark Twitter, my Telegram, my Snapchat, my Kick, my Vero, MeWe, WhatsApp, Pretty much any other place to where you're destined to find me in that sort of realm. And as always, this plug brought to you by the fine folks at Rick's TNT LLC. Commercial and website coming soon. Notary public and wedding efficient services now available in the state of Florida. And he can do your taxes too. Oh yes, it's that time and if you're looking for a little bit of help... Trying to navigate this particular year's a bit of a confusion. Hit me up. And you know what you can do with the money that Eric saves you on your taxes? You can get AmazonMusic.com backslash W2M Network. Look at you with the little segue. Booyah! You can find me online on Twitter at H-E-B the Eagle. I'm on Instagram and Facebook under the H-E-B the Eagle handle as well. You can also find me by searching for Harry Broadhurst on Facebook. Tony, Liz, and myself hope to bring back the reaction this week. We said that last week, Tony ended up getting called into a work thing and was unavailable. Actually, I think Tony had a family thing last week and was unavailable. Either way, Tony wasn't available. And, well... Kind of need Tony to help run the studio because my tablets are my tablets acting whack. In addition, you can find me on Grapple, where I will be posting my review for tonight's NXT Takeover Vengeance Day special. And yeah, make sure you guys check us out on all of the uh, all of the various ways to listen to the kickoff, which we'll get to here shortly. Um, Jason. Jason. No. How was your Valentine's Day with Amber? Uh, pretty uneventful. I mean, I, I slept. We we were in the Walmart. Um, came home, found a new show on Fox that we watched. Made chili. I made a cheesecake. And we watched Takeover. What show I did you watch on Fox? Uh it's called Outsmarted or something. I think so. It's. I think it's what's called. I don't believe it's um, outmatched. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's out. It's called Outmatched. Eric, have you heard of this show? I have heard of that show. I think it's in like its second season right now. It's decent. Uh, it's, uh, 
It's got one season, 10 episodes. It's about this really normal couple that has three genius kids and then one normal kid. Oh, okay. The one. Okay. I know which one you're referring to now. It's got Jason Biggs in it. Um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but that one season is all you're getting, sir. It says it hasn't been canceled yet. Yes, it has. I will send you the link once we get done with the podcast. Boo. God, I just seen it. I just looked, looked up the Wikipedia. Ismyshowcanceled.com is my go-to for stuff like that. Now I'm going to have to talk to them about getting a sponsorship because that's the kind of business that we would do on this show. If they even do sponsorships? Mm. I'll reach out. I'll see if I can get anything. You have been listening to The Kickoff and other television conversations. A presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Eric, guess what? Spotify is here. Jason, who's your DOTW? Of course, it's Robert Taylor. Nobody's heard from him since the Chiefs lost Super Bowl. The, the, the sports chat has been awfully quiet the last couple of days. Speaking of which, I want to rectify that situation. Eric, who's your DOTW? As usual, Mark Lamping, and I'm honestly going to say St. Valentine himself, because reasons. Yeah, fuck this day. Nothing important happens on it. Well, some important happens for you. You at least have a reason to celebrate on a regular basis. Eh, actually, it didn't go too bad today. We'll talk more about that afterwards. But given how bad it could have turned out, today didn't turn out too bad. Um. Oh, I've got something to say. Yes. From, from everyone here at W2M, we want to send a very happy birthday to you, Harry. Thank you very much, Jason. I appreciate that. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, we traditionally record on Thursdays now. Uh, Thursday didn't work out. I was going through some stuff mentally. Eric wasn't fully there mentally either based on the stuff that's going on in his personal life right now. We decided to record tonight, which gave me something to look forward to for him said birthday. Then we get to conversating and we try to record this episode last night. And everything goes to Helena Handbasket in a hurry. For the record, that needs to be a wrestler's name, Jason. Helena Handbasket. Um, no. If anything, that would be much better for Roller Derby. Okay, both of you talked at once there. Let's try this one at a time. Go ahead, Eric. That would be much better for Roller Derby. Okay, that's fair. Jason, what did you say? I'm just wondering if we've ever fucking wrapped the show up. Because we're going down a bunch of rabbit holes. <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, 
No, my DOTW is Jason for trying to quick wrap me. I honestly didn't have one this week, so it worked out. Besides, <laughs> if it wasn't for these rabbit holes, then I wouldn't have any holes to venture down here lately. So you shush. Uh, family show? Yes. I've got yes. For you. <laughs> On that note, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week with our 2020 dash mildly into 2021 NFL season wrap up. And- That's the music they play. That's Damn it! No, no, no! Don't even, because I was gonna say yes. He was just trying to play you off, Harry. <laughs> yeah. This is the kickoff of presentation of the W2M Network. Go eat a dick, Teasley.